many Christians, probably all Christians at times, go through ebbs and flows in their faith. And at times we suffer from doubt and uncertainty. Today's theme is all about dealing with doubt, and Pastor Steen's going to talk to us about that. But first of all, I want to read the Bible reading for today. Bible reading features a very interesting man, John the Baptist. One of the most strange men in the Bible in some ways. You know, this guy who dressed in furs and, uh, and animal skins and ate honey and locusts and spent a lot of time by himself in the desert, but then was followed by crowds who just uh, sought after him to hear his message. This man was a prophet of God, a special prophet of God, sent to point the crowds that were following him to Jesus, the real Messiah. I want to read a passage that talks about some interesting interactions between Jesus, who was actually, incidentally, a cousin of John. I don't know if you knew that. But they interacted. And there's an interesting passage that talks about one of those interactions between the two of them. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is come is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet, whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. As Chris has just said, our text this morning is that passage from Matthew 11. Let me just read to you again the first couple of verses. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, speak to us again and afresh through the words of John and let him direct us to Jesus, your Son. Amen. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat? You know how things always seem worse at three in the morning? 
and you don't quite know what to do. Perhaps you're even gripped by a darkness that seems like it's going to overwhelm you and the issues just seem far too big for you to face. The blackness swallows your hope and drowns it. You're scared, maybe even terrified. There seems to be no escape. Maybe you've made some wrong decisions or you have chosen the wrong thing in a particular circumstance. Whatever, you feel like it's all over. You got it wrong. It's going to crush you. If you ever felt that way, I guess you can understand a little bit about John the Baptist here. John finds himself in prison. And there he is in that dark hole, that dark place. He finds himself wanting, I guess, to turn on the light. We don't know. But he can't seem to do it. Morning after morning, even as dawn comes, his fears and the darkness just don't disappear. He's in jail. He can't escape after all. John, as you probably remember, had done his work out in the wilderness. He called people to repent, that is to turn away from their sins and to turn to God. And he pointed to the one who was greater than he uh, whose sandals he wasn't even worthy to untie and who would baptise with the Holy Spirit and not just with water as John had. And he recognised that Jesus was that one as he baptised him in the Jordan. But now John sits in prison and the doubts begin to creep in on him. Could he have got it wrong? Maybe he had expectations that Jesus would blow his enemies away. We're not really told that. But John had proclaimed that Jesus was coming with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And yet here now is John sitting in his prison cell. Why isn't Jesus using his power to free him? Why is his life in danger? It's easy to see why John might have begun to doubt. And so he sends his disciples to Jesus to ask one simple question. Are you the one who is to come or do we wait for someone else? Do we wait for another? And it's interesting, isn't it? Jesus doesn't answer his question yes or no. And I guess... We can understand that because what would that actually mean? You know, would that help John in his hour of doubt? Now, Jesus simply says to John's disciples, tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And then Jesus concludes by saying, blessed is anyone who takes no offence at me. That is, who does not stumble, but welcomes his ministry and mission. Jesus then begins to talk to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see after all? A reed shaken by the wind? Well, surely not. I mean, one thing you have to say about John and his 
preaching out in the wilderness is that he wasn't blown about by opinions. In fact, he was unshakable in his convictions. He didn't bend to applause and he didn't bend to those who disagreed with him. He simply struck, stuck to his message, at least while he was preaching out there in the wilderness. So if not a reed shaken by the wind, then what about someone dressed in soft robes and beautiful clothes? Well, John wasn't into pampering himself. He wasn't much into pampering anyone else either for that matter. And finally Jesus says, well, what then? What about a prophet? Yes, a prophet, but even more than a prophet. In fact, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets, the one who prepared the way for the Messiah. And as we listen to John and hear his message, we get some important reminders. First of all, we're reminded that God isn't soft on sin. We're reminded that God isn't soft on sin, right? John's message, John had one message, right? Can you imagine for a moment what it would be like to be in a lift with John the Baptist and then the lift gets stuck between floors? Okay, what are you going to talk about? John only had one thing to talk about and it started with you, snake, right? God isn't soft on sin. John was uncompromising about that and he only had one sermon really and it was a sermon that made good people like you and me, church people like you and me, feel a bit uncomfortable because he saw right through me. He saw that God's law shines right through us and exposes us for who we are so that we have nowhere to hide. We're judged, we're found guilty. Secondly, we're reminded that Jesus is the one who deals with sin. Jesus is the one who is greater than John and he brings a stronger word. The word of forgiveness is stronger than the word of condemnation. Jesus didn't come and say, okay, you're forgiven. Now here, are a whole other list of things that you need to do, and if you don't, there's going to be trouble. Right? The final word God speaks to us is one of forgiveness, not one of, this is a list of rules I've got for you. Here's a few things I've drawn up for you. You need to do them. The word of forgiveness is always stronger than the word of judgment. However strong, that word of judgment may seem at any point in time. And thirdly, in John's deep night of the soul, in John's time as he sits in prison and begins to doubt, we learn how to deal with doubt. And that's the central thing I'd like to say to you and leave with you this morning. John teaches us how to deal with doubt. He sits in prison... The prophet has the prophet's earthly reward, if you like. You know, there wasn't a waiting list in Old Testament times of people wanting to become a prophet. And if you study their lives a little bit, you soon see why, right? Prophets 
were generally not vindicated in their own time. They were treated terribly, beaten up, thrown into wells, you name it. God's prophets were, deal, were dealt with pretty harshly by the people of their day. If you like, prophets generally had to pay their own bills. Nobody was going to pay them for them. And so there's no room here for a sort of pious, you know, God bless Australia, God bless me, God whatever. There's no room here for hiding. Selfishness and sin is ruthlessly exposed. And how we love to see a prophet fall, don't we? Kind of makes us feel a little bit better about ourselves because they make us feel uncomfortable. In the prisons of life, it's easy to doubt. In the dark nights of the soul, as others have described it later on, it's easy to begin to wonder, is it really all true? And doesn't John sum it up ever so well when he says, are you the one who is to come, or should we seek another? John's prospects are bleak. He's done his job, and his day is over. In the prisons of life, in the dark nights of the soul, it's easy to doubt God's love and God's power. And we know from the story of John the Baptist that his earthly pilgrimage was soon to be over his head worth no more than the passing sensuality of a young woman's immodest dance. How fair, unfair, I'm sorry, how unfair that is. Right? How unfair it is that John sits in prison and he's about to be beheaded for no good reason at all. So as John sits in prison, he's overwhelmed by doubt. Whoops, sorry, my fault. Don't know what happened there. I'll get back to it. I'll probably, no, I won't. Yes, I will. Huh, don't you just love that? Sort of little twitch and everything goes wrong. So as John sits in prison, he's overwhelmed by doubt. And he does the only thing that he can do. He sends to Jesus. He takes his doubt to Jesus. Doubt is not unbelief. Right? You can't doubt if you don't believe. If you think about that for a moment, it's true. Right? You can't doubt if you don't believe. So doubt is not unbelief, and having doubts is not that say, the great unforgivable sin, if you like, but rather is a natural part of being a Christian in this world. In fact, I'm far more concerned for the people who try to tell me that they never have any doubts, that they never have anything, any doubts that creep into their mind or anything that causes them to question. The devil whispers doubt into our ear and there's only one thing we can do with it and that's what John did. Take it to Jesus. Bring it to him. Let him deal with it. In the words of the old hymn, take it to the Lord in prayer. As we can ask others also to pray for us if, as often as the case in those sort of circumstances, we find prayer difficult. We can ask others also to pray for us. And we know that the Holy Spirit is constantly bringing before the throne of God 
all our needs in prayer, even as that same spirit strengthens our faith and uses everything in our lives to bring, it cl bring us closer to Jesus. I'm sure that you've experienced times like that, times of suffering and loss. If you've been on the planet for any amount of time, that seems to be common to the human experience. Times when God doesn't seem to make sense, when God seems to be silent, almost like, you know, he's gone on holidays and like many people today, he doesn't check his email when he's on holidays, right? Or answer his phone or whatever. When God just seems distant and doubts begin to unsettle our minds. In times like that, we need to listen to John the Baptist. We need to hear him, first of all, remind us of the seriousness of sin. Secondly, that we can do nothing to help or save ourselves. And so John directs us to the one who is more powerful than he, the one who dies so that we might live, who cried out in anguish, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me as they were crucifying him so that we may never experience that separation from God. Even when it feels that God is not listening, he is. Even when it feels like God is not close to us, he is. Even when he, it feels like there is no hope for us, there is. Because Jesus died on the cross in our place. So when we feel doubt, when we feel forsaken, when we feel we may have even come to that point in our lives where there is simply no hope for us going forward, listen to John the Baptist. In fact, in good times and in bad times, listen to John the Baptist. When fears and doubts overwhelm us, remember that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the witness of John the Baptist. We thank you for the honesty of this passage that doesn't turn John into some sort of paper mache saint, but recognizes that like us, he struggles with ordinary human things. Help us, Lord, when we are struggling to look to your son Jesus just as John did. Amen.